too Make me some food Cause I wanna eat soon Just stop Cause I'm really hungry Welcome to this Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. My name is Jenny Tishi. I am a registered nutritionist. And today I am joined by Cressida, who is the CEO of the Free From Food Awards. Welcome, Cressida. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. The sun's been shining. Um, so, yeah, very happy this January day. Thank I you. know. It's, it's been lovely, hasn't it? It's been of a surprise after all of that horrible, dull, dank weather we had over Christmas. Um, so, do tell us a little bit about the Free From Food Awards. Of course, I'm fully aware of what they are um, as I sit on the judging panel, um, but I think there's a lot more to it than even I see. So, I would love our listeners to understand a little bit more about what the Free From Food Awards are. So the the free from and allergic consumer is at the absolute core of the free from food awards. Um, we aim to celebrate the best in free from, um, and we our yellow logo we like to think assures that a product has been rigorously taste tested and has very clear and compliant labelling. We basically celebrate excellence in the free from sector, um, and we like to think that we give our entrants the very best feedback to help them improve develop and get their products out in front of the free from consumers who need them most. Yeah, do you know, I think that's the thing, isn't it? There are um, increasing numbers, it seems to me, of manufacturers coming out with some fantastic new free-from foods. But also, interestingly, there are a lot of manufacturers that almost accidentally have a free-from product. Do you play a role in helping those companies ensure that their products, which are accidentally free-from, have the right communication, messaging, etc., to reach the market? Well, yeah, I mean, it really is a question. And we, we started sort of talking about this some years ago, um, having a look very closely at your products. And, and if they are accidentally free from, then making the most of it. And that's where entering our awards plays a massive part because our yellow logo is widely recognised as a benchmark of quality and free from um, and as a, as a sort of advertisement for people who are looking to try new and exciting foods. Um, there's obviously a lot of crossover with, with vegan foods, and this is particularly an area that we're interested in because vegan foods only need a very small little bit of careful adjustment and they can be completely free from egg, dairy and other um, animal products. So we are looking and we do try to support companies to, to look at their current range rather than creating something completely new, looking at their current range and seeing what little tweaks could be made in order to broaden their appeal. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And I think your point about the fact that there is an increasing uh, lifestyle demand as well as an allergy-based demand for plant-based and free-from products, which are accidentally free-from because they are ostensibly plant-based, but with a few bits of uh, tweaking here and there can be suited to the market. So that gives us an indication of perhaps how the awards have changed. I mean, they've been around since 2008 and they have certainly grown, but do um, outline a little bit about what's happened in that period of time. And I've seen massive have changed but uh, from your perspective well I mean it has been actually I was just just looking back um, earlier today and it is it does it makes me laugh quite a lot um, because they have evolved massively um, so back in 2008 they were themselves an evolution of um, free from food tables that were printed in the foods matter magazine that was um, fold, subsequently folded in 2010 
Um, but what we used to do is we would buy as many gluten-free biscuits or dairy-free milks as we possibly could. And we would run taste testing with our friends and colleagues who were familiar with the food farm sector. And we would um, then publish uh, ingredients, what they were free from, what they tasted like, obviously very important, and where you could buy them. And um, in about 2007, one of our colleagues suggested that there was definitely something here which could be turned into an awards. Um, so the first awards launched in 2008, and it had eight categories, and they were gluten-free biscuits and cakes, dairy-free milks, um, and uh, I think there was one, possibly nut-free one or something, but they were very, very, they're very small, very tiny, but they worked, and everybody loved them. I mean, there was one egg-free category, um, and they have... Um, evolved to nearly 30 categories now um, and obviously we've ditched the gluten-free breads and gluten-free pastas category but we do have breads we do have pastas but now they are free of they can be free of so much more than just gluten um, and I think that the the emphasis is moving away from just gluten obviously gluten free is is very much appealing to the lifestyle market as well as those free from um, those with allergies and food intolerances but there are so many more um, allergies at the moment. And so they've, they've evolved to encompass all of them. So like we used to have a, a vegan category, now vegan really is across the whole selection of categories. You know, it's actually that a lot of free from eaters are vegan as well. So they want products that are safely free from, but also taking their veganism into account. Um, so it's huge. We've also moved away slightly from, uh, no, it's not slightly. We've moved, we've a- added in perhaps other categories so we can showcase uh, companies' digital presence. So uh, companies that make free from foods, we, you know, do they engage with their consumers on social media? Do they have resources on their website? Do they really, really take into account the needs of the consumer on their websites? Uh, we've also got new categories for labelling, which is obviously massively important and quite a confusing area for a lot of manufacturers. And packaging, which is a, a very key part of the consumer's experience of the food. Um, I mean, our products are judged blind. However, we, we understand very much that we're really thinking about whether we continue to do them blind because we know that packaging is such a massive part of the eating experience. It, it really is, isn't it? I mean, when you think about how even that element has changed over this period of time, uh, there's been massive, thank goodness, there's been massive strides towards being much clearer and much more open about what people are putting into and what ingredients are being used in products which is brilliant but even how that appears on the packaging and how easy it is to read and the accessibility of that information is really core isn't it so I'm a judge on the panel and I can see how important and what an important role the awards play but I mean I know I only see a small proportion of what really goes on so do share with our listeners how important the free from foods awards are in terms of supporting those with food allergies and intolerances Okay, so just going back to what I said before, that the Free From Food Awards has the Free From Consumer at its heart. So Mm. we have always published um, the winners and finalists of the awards on our website so that people can go onto the website and look at new products that they maybe haven't come across before. Um, What we understand about the Free From Consumer is that they are really open to new ideas, but there are such barriers for them, obviously allergens um, being the main one, but cost um, they will have probably shelled out a lot of money buying products that they think might be really good, but they don't really like in the end. So they're sort of reluctant, possibly, and I obviously, I'm generalizing, but possibly reluctant to trying new products. 
So they come onto the Free From Food Awards website and they've got a whole list of potentially, you know, 100 to 200 products that have been given um, a, 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 it's not a seal, but, you know, they've been, they've been tested and they've been tried by people who know what the consumer wants. Um, and they've been, you know, they've been, they've been given a bronze or a gold or a silver or, or even a finalist. I mean, getting getting to be a finalist at the Free from Food Awards is, is no small deal. It's a really it's a really big thing because your product is deemed to have something that people will want. Um, we are I haven't quite haven't said it yet, but we are the only UK awards that is 100% dedicated to free from food and drink. Um, drink is a whole other thing, of course, and that's something that we're developing more. Um, but we are the only UK awards for this. So where do people go when they want to find out what's good and what's safe, apart from looking on, on manufacturers' websites? Well, they come to our website, and we're getting more and more feedback about how valuable our, our yellow logo is to people who are shopping in supermarkets or, or you know, on websites um, that, that tells them that they should try these products because they'll be safe, um, the, the manufacturers look like they know what they're doing, and they're making products that will be tasty. Yeah, it's a really iconic logo. I mean, obviously, I'm exposed to it um, multiple times, but I can see how even though you have now, thank goodness, a free from section in supermarkets, the fact that that yellow logo may appear on products that are not in that section, they may appear in other areas as well, is a real joy for people because suddenly they might have access to a product that they've never been able to try or a version of a product that they thought some time ago they'd had to give up. Um, so it is really important that people recognise what that, that it means, but then also to have that central source that you've got with your website, people can go and check out, oh my gosh, finally I can try some x y or z that i haven't been able to have which is fantastic so um me aside i know that over the years you've managed to attract some incredible judges to the panel um is it possible to outline who generally makes up the judging panels i know they've got to have um you know great taste and they've got to have a good opinion on what's right and what isn't i know you've had some super tasters over the years as well but who generally makes up your judging panels so we try to have as few judges as possible with the greatest range of skills. So we do choose our judges extremely carefully. Um, we like to include, obviously, developers, manufacturers um, of very small startups all the way to developers of mainstream retailers and larger corporations. We also like to include people with experience of the products in the category with, um, from an allergic point of view. So people with allergies and intolerances are really important and of just matching that people who have no food issues so we can benchmark these products against a inverted commas normal product of the, of the same kind um we also like to have people like you jenny who've got a really good um lean on nutrition um chefs um and people with a, with a really good overview of the food sector as a whole um and it's um I, we we try to get a little sort of um bio from all of our judges when we we um when we before we recruit them as it were so that we know what skills they're bringing because they're very sort of subtle differences and it really is it's the life that you lead that makes you particularly Jenny a great chef um, a great judge great chef as well but a great judge on our panel because because you're 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 expressed you're expressive you're not too noisy um and you know you've got you've got there's you have to have an ability to 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 listen to each other's experiences so so we have between four to six judges for each category. And we want um, people around the table to have a full end-to-end view um, of, the, of the products between them. And we like it when you guys challenge each other. And we really encourage this. You know, if someone's got a very strong opinion about something and someone disagrees, we really want to hear that conversation um, because every concern is valid. 
Um, so we, we really do encourage every sort of discussion. And as you know, sometimes these judging sessions can go on for an hour longer than we've scheduled for, simply because it's all really important. And at the end of the day, it's feedback for the entrant on e- each product that they can go away and they can take the feedback and evolve their, their, um, their product to better suit the needs of people because of the people around the table who are delivering and considering that product specifically. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's brilliant that uh, the the feedback is then provided. It's um, so important to have that within the process, isn't it? That actually people can genuinely understand that if you have got a range of people looking at that product, tasting that product, feeling it, touching it, etc. But they're not just people with allergies. They're also people that can compare it to a, uh, let's put in inverted commas around it, normal version of. Um, it's so important for the manufacturer to get that feedback and to be able to adjust the product accordingly. And you've seen that, haven't you, over the years? You've seen the same product come back but improved each year I mean I've heard it within the room when I've been there if there's something I've never tasted before but others have oh wow this is an improvement on last year so clearly you know you are giving great constructive feedback which is being listened to which is wonderful Um, so the uh, awards have been going since 2008 Um, have you been personally involved since then Uh, have you been involved in the process since, since the awards started or before or after I, I came on board pretty much just as the awards were being dreamt into existence. I do remember the the, um, the, the tables that were created. I do remember going out and buying the biscuits and coming back in and, and having a, a, a chomp and a write-down of, of what we found. Um, but obviously they were created by Michelle Burridale Johnson, who started all of this way back before um, many of us were born, um, <laughs> when she had a, a son who uh, had a dairy intolerance and there was just no information out there. So... She started it with creating a pamphlet for doctors about food allergies, which then evolved into the Food Matters magazine um, and has then evolved into the awards. Um, so, yeah, I've been on board since 2008 and it has been, it's a, I mean, it's thrilling. It's, I find the evolution of the whole thing utterly thrilling. I mean, it's totally devastating that allergies are becoming more common. Mm. Um, but I just think what a fantastic resource we're offering to people with allergies because because there's nothing else out there really. It's it's so true, isn't it? That they that, I mean the numbers are increasing, but I think um, that the point that it took someone who had a situation in which they just didn't have the information available to them to take action and say, well, look, if I'm in this situation, there's probably going to be others. I mean, I can talk from you know personal experience there, and these were launched in 2008. These awards, but I mean, my children are 2000 and 2007 their years of birth and of course once as a nutritionist and having children and being amongst other parents you suddenly look around you and you think gosh this is really debilitating when you have a child with allergies and then meeting people with sometimes up to sort of 20 food allergies it's really really difficult trying to get out there in the world to 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 be to feel safe and then as your children get independence to feel that they are in a safe environment so you know I feel very um, from a very personal perspective as well as a, a sort of a, a work perspective that this is such an important role that these awards play it's wonderful to have you on um so what's your own connection with the free from world do you yourself have any food allergies or food intolerances well i i didn't want to admit that i did but um when i first started working with michelle it slowly dawned on me that i definitely had some sort of dairy intolerance which is totally gutting because i adore cheese um but the developments in in amazing um craft handcraft made cheese it's been fantastic so i'm now enjoying cashew nut camemberts and things like that which is great um but no i um i and then more recently i think possibly because getting older and now 45 
um, our digestive systems don't seem to cope so well. So I've come off gluten, which has, has really helped. Um, I don't really understand the physiology of, of our bodies, but I do understand that as you get older, I guess, things don't keep working quite so well. So that's another thing to take into account, that there's going to be people in the older population who are now coming into free from not really, you know, having lived their whole lives just scoffing dairy and nuts and gluten and things. And perhaps, you know, as well as the, as, as children sort of growing out often of food allergies, I wonder whether older people will be growing into food allergies and tolerances. That's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because then it is about making this accessible to all areas of the market, not just for you know, parents looking for children or teenagers, but it's also looking at an older population too. And again, then having something consistent that's easily identifiable for those people is absolutely critical. So um, have you always loved food? Is I mean, you mentioned that you would love dairy if you could. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your, your childhood food memories. Uh, well, my mum is a fantastic cook. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a mother who was a fantastic cook. And my mum also spent some time in Italy as a, as a young, uh, well, maybe a, a teenager or in her early 20s. So uh, I don't know if, if that sort of directly informed her, but I guess it must have done. I mean, we, we, had, we were given the, the best food as, as kids. And it, was, it wasn't nothing fancy. You know, it was bolognese or leek and potato soup or macaroni cheese or... Or even, um, I remember our Saturday meal was either macaroni cheese or, or just rice and peas, which we'd sprinkle cheese on top of. And it, it was really <laughs> simple, but just really, really tasty. So it's not very exciting, but I do have to thank my mum for picking the best food. She's just brilliant. Yeah, so never anything processed by the sounds of it. Everything pretty much cooked from scratch. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And also we were lucky, and I think this is something of, of, of the sort of past generations. We had a larder. And so, you know, the leftovers were just put in the larder. So I just remember always going to the larder in between meals and eating a bit of bolognese or picking a bit of cold macaroni cheese. It was just so tasty. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, isn't it, about leftovers and, yeah, just having things that... I mean, I was one of seven, so I very rarely got to the leftovers before some of my (laughs) older, bigger brothers seemed to have got there. And that's really interesting. So from your own childhood, things were were cooked from scratch. Did you attend markets? Did you go and collect the ingredients that you were going to be cooking with? And did you cook? Um, so my mum was quite uh, selfish about cooking. That's how, I don't mean it like <laughs> out of the to, kitchen. <laughs> yeah, used to fights about who'd make the gravy for a Sunday lunch. Yeah, uh, she loves making the gravy. So um, yeah, there was. I think. I mean, that was what I was born in the seventies. So there were more. I think there were more markets. I mean, less fancy farmers markets like there are now, but they're more sort of normal markets. But I do remember the, the hypermarket down in Haven. That obviously was probably like just like a sort of massive retailer now. Um, but the, I remember going down there with her and um, she was very, also a very selfish shopper. Like she just couldn't focus on that. So no, it wasn't, it wasn't sort of from farm to table, all romance and lovely. It was like, right, I'm going to do this now. So just leave me alone for a bit. And, um, but we did, we did have a friend who grew all his own vegetables and would also shoot. So, you know, once every few months he would turn up with armfuls of vegetables and some sort of rabbit that needed to be skinned or a pheasant that needed to be plucked. And I would always help out with that. And I, so I, I did I do love that hands-on thing. And I would I do eat meat and I would love to be able to um, to process my own meat from, you know, running around in the field to my plate. Yeah, that, that would be a wonderful a, thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, I'm cutting down on meat, obviously, like everybody. But, um, but I think that would be stunning. I think it's a massive cheat that we don't do that. And did you ever have um, any separate meals uh, cooked? I know that's a bit of a contentious issue these days, isn't it? People I hear preparing multiple dishes for children or even maybe a partner. It wasn't that like that, was it, for you? Or was oh, it? no, no, no. It was everybody eats everything. Well, we none of our family had any food allergies or intolerances 
Mm-hmm. So we just ate what we were given. I mean, I do remember very clearly refusing to eat the liver, but I think that's pretty standard. For yeah, I, I refuse that too. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, look, uh, it's been wonderful so far. I'm just going to take a wee break. And then when we come back, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about um, how people that suffer with food intolerance and allergies can make some changes that are you know, benefited by the awards that you run. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Welcome back to this show. This is Let's Do Lunch. I'm Jenny Tishi. I am a cookery book author, nutritionist, an absolute foodie. I'm very passionate about Free From, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Cressida, who's the CEO of the Free From Food Awards. Now, I sit on the judging panel, so I uh, attend some of the judging sessions, but as I've already intimated, I only know a little bit about what really goes on. So we've been finding out a little bit more today and understanding a little bit more about the role that the Food Awards play. But one of the things I would love to understand, Cressida, is that with the increasing numbers of people suffering with food allergies and food intolerances, and also those we shouldn't leave out the people that make lifestyle choices to omit certain ingredients, because that's a really important market as well. So what role do you see the awards playing in the future? So um, we've always covered the fact that we publish all the winners and finalists on the website and people can go through and have a look and see what products are there that suit them. Um, we encourage on the manufacturers to accommodate people's dietary needs and to ensure integrity in the food sector via the feedback that we give to each product. And that's really, really important for us. So we want to strengthen. I mean, our, our feedback for all of our entrants has improved massively in the last two years. Um, we also want to develop on our website our resource pages for manufacturers like testing labs, labelling and ingredients regulations, explanations, because they are, they're so thick, I mean, you know, thick with words. It's yeah, very difficult yeah. for people to understand. And, and you know, from the, the, the larger manufacturers and retailers have lawyers and, and experts on this, but if you're a one-band person in the, in the kitchen, it, it, you don't have time, you're too busy creating your delicious products so we really want to be a resource for manufacturers we also want to be a resource for consumers Uh, this is really important to us um, and we do obviously respond to all questions that we get on the website um, and via mail about people looking for certain things but if we could have one place on the website where people could go to to find links to people in the community who are doing amazing things um, and all sorts of information about how to live with food allergies and tolerances. Uh, we're developing a consumer newsletter to help support this. Um, we are, I mean, there's no free-from trade body or regulation body. I mean, free-from is still just a, 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 an adopted term. Um, so as a, I mean, we were asked, or people do question the position of, of an awards to, 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 to take this position, but given that there isn't anyone doing it, we are very well placed to address consumer concerns and challenges. Um, and we do have the power and the opportunity to bring the industry together behind Free From and for people who, you know, possibly a bit dismissive of it and to say, no, actually, this is a massive sector of, of the consum- of consumers this, the, it's, and it's growing. So you actually really need to start to turn your attention to it. I mean, most people are anyway, but, you know, so I suppose I'm talking retrospectively, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it had been dismissed as a sort of fad, or just a parent making a fuss. I mean, it's massive, and there are so many people to thank for stepping up and talking about it, and particularly Natasha's foundation, yeah. well, obviously, which we've all now seen 
I mean, aunt just makes me shake thinking about it, but I went into a restaurant the other day, and a food, you know, I can't remember which it was, but it was a retail food outlet, and it had the ingredients on the back of everything, right down to the tiniest little item, and it was just amazing. It was just, so we have people to thank like that, but, but we, as the awards, um, so yeah, when Browns enter the awards, um, they also have the opportunity to ask our judges for feedback on certain areas, so things that are really valuable to them, so labelling or the packaging formats or flavour variants or ingredients and things like that, and that obviously all goes indirectly towards supporting the consumer um, in, in making the choices to support their lifestyles and, and their dietary needs. It's a, it's a good point, and I was wondering actually about that because I know one of the um, judging panels that I sat on <clears throat> for one of the categories, I was alongside Natasha's mother, Tanya, and I know that that's a very high-profile case, and I'm very, very grateful. I'm sure there are many people that are very, very grateful to the work that Natasha's foundation has done in bringing about Natasha's law. Other... I mean, actually, it'd be quite good to explain that in terms of how that's affected um, the awards, but also other um, events or other people that have been quite um, inspirational and have brought about change in the industry. Would it be possible to just highlight those areas? Because I think that's an area that people maybe may have heard a little bit about, but if they're not in the free from world or if they don't have a child with allergies, they may not be that familiar with. Gosh, that's really... really (laughs) Just maybe Uh, touch the surface. (laughs) So, I mean, just for example, to talk about our, our hero from last year, Ruth Holroyd, who has a blog called What Allergy? Yes. And what is stunning about Ruth is that she just doesn't shy away from anything. So um, she talks about absolutely everything under the sun, and that's why we valued her as a hero of, of the awards. Um, there's, um, we, had a, we had a guest hero who was a, an organisation from America who've been doing stunning work in trying to change legislation around nurseries and allergens and nurseries and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, it, it's really difficult to, to name people because there are so many people doing so many things. Every time a parent or a carer stands up and says, this isn't okay and we have to change this, then it's a domino effect. I mean, it's, it's like everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, your voice is, is so powerful even if you just think it's you on your own. Um, oh gosh, I don't know if I can think of any of them. <laughs> don't worry about missing anybody out. There's so many. I mean, so many that I have come across. Obviously, I'm familiar with with Ruth from What Allergy and uh, Natalie from Intolerant Gourmand. Um, but you know, the reason that I'm so familiar is because of the awards themselves. So they've become uh, I've become aware of them as a result, and I highly recommend people go and check out um, their social media um, as well as their media. Uh, and many articles have been written and contributed to both TV and radio, and I think also magazines. <laughs> by each of those people that I've mentioned. And certainly now we have Natasha's Law as well, which is just wonderful. So um, social media has obviously played a huge role in uh, the development of this sector and probably for the awards as well. I mean, have you seen that, you witnessed that um, as it's happened? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. obviously it's amazing. People liking and sharing things and it's just instant. I mean, it's sort of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for us, definitely in the last year, and I'm assuming it must be something to do with the pandemic, um, there has been, and people are probably just sort of driven into their screens much more, but there has been a huge amount more attention and focus on the Free From Food Awards across all of our social media channels, which has been totally thrilling. And the engagement levels are up. Um, we've had people working in our, within our team sort of dedicated to creating the best posts that, you know, that reach out to the, not only the consumer, but also the manufacturer. Um, and, you know, so obviously Instagram is fantastic 
because you can just stick things up there and people go, oh, great, have you heard about this? And, it, and then it gets passed on. And then there's LinkedIn where you obviously go to for finding um, br- brilliant resources and people who you want to, to tell you about things and understand things. And our awards, I think, you know, we, we, we talk about our judges individually on social media because we we wouldn't be anything without our judges i mean they are they're the most you guys are the most important things obviously the entrants are too um but the judges are amazing because we we've drawn you all together and that makes us a hub of excellence in free from and so then we get to talk about that on social media and then people start to pay attention and go oh it's not just an awards actually it's a gathering of people and a huge wealth of knowledge it is. And it's so um, brilliant to be made aware of each of the different products as well, because as you said, you know, you've got some of the big names, some of the big manufacturers that anyone who is free from will have seen, heard and you know, bought probably from a supermarket. But it's some of those lesser known brands that come to certainly my attention, I'm sure others as well. Um, and there's some fantastic products out there, aren't there? Um, you mentioned just there about the effect of uh, the pandemic and people perhaps being uh, more au fait with using their screens and how that's affected the popularity, increased the popularity of um, what you guys are doing. Um, how else did COVID affect the work that you were doing? I mean, I know from my perspective, I was very grateful that you were one of the first in-person events that I managed to attend as a judge um, post the first lockdown. So that was really exciting. Yeah, so um, to be honest, COVID hasn't affected us much um, because we could move the judging sessions from their normal position of January, February, all the way to March and April, um, it was actually fine. And the squeeze around that uh, made us develop or pushed us faster to to launching our Christmas awards, which we launched for the first time earlier this year, which were totally brilliant and completely thrilling. And I just, it's so exciting. We've got loads more entries than we thought we'd get. Um, And we were terrified about launching them. But so COVID, we have COVID to thank for that, definitely, because otherwise it'd been something which had been on the back burner for a while but we hadn't quite got the motivation to push that through um in our team we all work from home so that was fine um COVID I guess pushed some of the judging sessions online but we can't judge online when you've got blind tasting because we'd have to unwrap all the products wrap them in something nondescript and then post them out and <laughs> it's just a logistical nightmare just, isn't it yeah, you just don't want to you don't know where that product's been you don't know whether someone who's rewrapped your dairy-free cheese has been eating peanuts beforehand so mm. No, it just been it would have been hopeless. Um, and when we when we set up the judging um, in March and April, we we just we were already going to reduce our judging panels, which had been between ten and twelve people. We were already going to reduce them to about four to six, and actually that made it a lot easier. So we we sort of we cut cut away a lot. Um, and it's very easy to set up socially distanced panels with you know perspex screens and lots of. We spent most of the day scrubbing door panels and things like that. And it was actually you know it was it was great. I mean. Obviously, tragedies aside, it was great fun, and as a team, it sort of brought us together and made us think about other things than, than you know the craziness of, of running at intense awards sessions. And and also being pushed, like you say, uh, to run the Christmas awards perhaps sooner than you might have done otherwise. I thought was a genius stroke. It was, I mean, so exciting to be involved in that, but also to your point, quite um, overwhelmed by the number of products that you were receiving to judge, um, which just goes to show where if you'd have started doing the Christmas awards in two thousand and eight, let's just think about how few products there would have been that would that would, it wouldn't have been anything with there for Christmas specifically and that goes to show doesn't it the developments that 
that the market has, uh, has made. So um, another question that I would love to, to find out, I mean, I ask this of quite a lot of businesses that um, come onto this podcast, is about sort of green credentials and environmental considerations. I mean, I've noticed a few changes in the awards themselves over the years, but what sort of things or steps have you been able to make in that direction? Oh, golly. Um, well, I mean, we obviously try to keep, we always try to reuse and, and, and recycle as much as we can. I mean, back in sort of 2013, Michelle found some spoons which were made of potato. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, and then that evolved into her finding wooden spoons, which I used to wash after every session and take home for kindling for my fire. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess we, because we don't manufacture anything, um, we, we don't, there's not a lot of areas we can cut down on in terms of greenness. I mean, we do try to source our judges from London now so they don't have to travel, but that's obviously a costs thing as well as a green thing. Um, in terms of the entries, um, people, obviously people get points. I mean, that sounds a bit um, cynical. People get, you know, they get lauded for, for their efforts to make green products and, mm. and we all know that just because something is um is is locally sourced or, or vegan it doesn't mean that it's not doing things which aren't green in other areas so we we're trying now to incorporate more questions about you know what are you doing to save the planet um and in our children and teenagers um specific category we've got a, a planet friendly question um you know and, and we, we're trying to find out whether the children are interested in in saving the planet and caring for the planet which obviously they are yeah. but it's an interesting question to ask and what what matters to them you know a lot of people are like well this has come from very far away and i don't want to eat that if it's made in sweden um so trying to get feedback on that and all of that feedback reflects how we we run the free from food awards obviously it, it does i mean i remember um being on the panel and having two very similar products and i think it was um oat-based products and looking then it was like how do you determine the difference well then it was where does the oats where were the oats grown you know were they grown on british soil or not you know and they, so you're right it absolutely is something that's even on the minds of the the judges as well we're very conscious of that thinking about you know is this a better product for the environment than uh, than the comparative product so it does affect us all which is brilliant i mean it does seem that there's so many um different things to think about as a manufacturer uh, it doesn't seem to put businesses off though do you see more um, manufacturers entering the market than ever before yeah so we keep quite a strict eye on um, who, the returning entrants and new entrants and also small and large companies that are entering now our small companies um, the criteria for being a small company is that you have fewer than three employees now I know in the industry as a whole a small company is something like under 10 million or 120 million turnover so obviously we are talking micro, small, um, but yes, I mean, people, people are not put off. And I think from what the conversations I've had with manufacturers, I think it's because they generally are motivated to make things to serve their own dietary needs or the dietary needs of someone within their family. And that obviously makes a massive amount of sense. Mm -hmm. So you can't eat something, so you want to make yourself a, a lovely macaron with, um, with no gluten in it and no dairy in it. So people are trying new things. And I know the turnover of small companies and being started and folding it is, is high. But in the food industry, you make something good once and everybody wants it. So 
Yeah, it's really exciting to watch. I follow quite yeah. a lot of uh, new businesses in this area and you're absolutely right. I think typically it's come from, I th- I'm thinking, for example, about there's a range of low FODMAP sources that you can buy. And obviously FODMAPs is something that's really probably come into the mainstream consciousness in about the last five years to do with um, people that have IBS type symptoms. But also, you know, more specifically, uh, things like the plant-based market. I know when I was judging the cheese, the dairy-free cheese, I mean, I think there were 33 different cheeses you know it's it's just absolutely mind-blowing how many businesses there are that are coming to existence and there doesn't seem to be any reason even though people are thinking about their green credentials they have the pandemic to face as a challenge um, they need now to be much more aware of their labeling and how they are manufacturing and producing in a safe environment but it doesn't seem to stop people trying, which is absolutely um, brilliant. So what is, yeah, sorry, go on. Because I think another thing about the, the pandemic is that it pushed small producers to sell direct to consumer from their own websites rather than slogging themselves to find a distributor or trying to get into a retailer. And I think that has been huge because there's, you know, that means that you can just buy yourself a stash of stuff. Yeah. And you don't have to accidentally see it in the supermarket. You don't have to say, we're available in the retailers now. You can buy us here. Um, and that has been massive. So that's probably lending to the success of these small producers. And that's why I ended up with 12 bags of gluten-free flour that I've only just finished. I ordered them at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> I've, I feel like I've been victim to that in a way, not in a bad way, in a good way. But it does take a while to get through some of those, you know, massive bags that you ordered at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, brilliant. Well, we'll just take a, a small pause. But after that, I'd love to find out about some of the success stories from the awards. Windsor. Windsor. Ascot. Ascot. Maidenhead. Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I'm Jenny Tishi. I'm the author of several cookery books, a nutritionist and an absolute foodie and very passionate about the world of free from food. So today I'm joined by Cressida, who's the CEO of the Free From Food Awards. And we've been finding out all about the awards themselves, but also the market, how it's changed since the awards began in 2008 and how it's grown to include other categories, including this year, a Christmas award. Awards, which was absolutely exciting and wonderful to be a part of the judging panel of that got me in the mood very early in the year in fact it didn't kind of stop I think I was the most festive I've been for many many years um, and way too early in September but that was good fun so um, please do share some of the success stories from the awards you've had some fantastic entrants over the years um, what have been some of the successes so um the pandemic put a stop to our famous networking parties, but um, they were famous for enabling collaborations and relationships to start because we would get industry heavyweights, we'd get retailer buyers, we'd get um, press, we'd get, you know, loads and loads of different people. So entrants could come along and they could have a chat, an informal chat in a room with a, a free-from canapé and a, and a glass of champagne with somebody from, from who could really help them. Mm. Um, so, so those networking parties really do open doors to to different different places for everybody. Um, and actually, one particular person did say winning winning gold was fantastic, but it was the networking party where I really made my you know increase in, in awareness and really made those connections. Um, smaller companies, without sort of naming any names, smaller companies have got into supermarkets as a result of, of winning or being finalists. But that is a long journey and that's something that we do try to share with, with our entrants. You know, that there is a sort of 
a desire or the, the golden, um, I don't know what you call it, the sort of holy grail is getting into a supermarket. But supermarkets are, are complex places. And actually, it's not all about, about getting into the supermarket. It's about getting your product out there. And um, I think that social media has gone a long way to supporting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any specific success stories. I mean, free from, we've been told that free from, not, not the free from food awards, but free from in general does open doors to foreign markets. And so a lot of UK manufacturers have been able to take and then supported with by logos and the fact that they've won, taking their products overseas and things, which is, which is obviously brilliant. Um, and the consumers, um, the, the logo gives them the confidence to discover something new, as we've discussed before. And that obviously means that there's going to be an uptake in purchase of specific products. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that myself with the success. But what about the um, most popular product? Are you able to share that? Because, I mean, I know over the years there have been, when I've been present, certainly, there have been some overwhelming favourites. Is it possible to say what's been the most popular free-from product over the I, course of the, uh, however many years it's been? What's for 13 I think years? The, the main one that stands out, surprisingly, is probably coconut yogurt. I mean, when that was... Yeah entered into the wars there was it was almost there was almost swooning around the rooms um because the texture had been it was just perfect it was just like a dairy yogurt so i think that's possibly been the most sort of well received but in terms of what the product that's been entered the most numerous times it's got to be chocolate brownies <laughs> you've seen so many chocolate brownies you don't know what to do with them <laughs> Yeah, I I can understand that about coconut yogurt. I think if you are without dairy, and that's a massive category, isn't it, to say that you can't have cheese, you can't have yogurt, but it's also the things that products, the number of products that are made using dairy. Um, It's wonderful now that there's such close alternatives, but also, you know, from a nutritional perspective, things that you mentioned, like the cashew cheese that provides some of the nutrients that we may be missing otherwise, which I think is a really cool cool thing. And the coconut yogurt, the fact that we can now produce coconut yogurts and nut-based yogurts that have have the probiotic bacteria in and they have the right texture and flavor um, again just shows how much demand there is but also how far the manufacturers have come to serve that demand very very grateful to people that make things like that it's absolutely wonderful yeah. um, so we've talked about there being um, more businesses that don't seem to shy away from wanting to get involved in this world. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. So what would you say, um, anyone that's listening, if they're a business that thinks either they've got an, a, a free from food that they would love to enter into the awards, or they have something that's accidentally free from, they're listening in, they think, but actually, are products free from dairy or are products naturally free from gluten? What would you say are the advantages to entering the awards for those businesses? So the main advantage is, is the feedback that you receive for, yeah. for every product. So if you enter the same product into two different categories, you get two different sets of feedback from the perspective of that category that you've entered, which is massively valuable because, you know, the categories are a set of people. So you get a different set of people in a different category. And if you compare those feedbacks, it might be that one, one set of judges thinks it's all right and one set of judges is totally blown away because... It is a coconut yogurt in a dairy-free category, not a nut-free product, and a nut, you know. So it's um that's that's really good. So the feedback, 100. Um, we are the only UK awards dedicated to free from food and drink. So you're not going to get this sort of attention anywhere else if you are wanting to shout about the free from credentials of your product. Um, entering any award demonstrates a belief in your brand, mm. but particularly entering a free from product means that you know your product is going to be safe and tasty, and people are going to be happy eating it and buying it. Um, we talk about, well, we support all our entrants across all of our social media platforms. 
and we've got a combined following of about 15,000. So you're automatically getting your product out into in front of a possibly whole new different audience. Um, and there's also a community. We've created a, um, a business hub on Facebook for Freeform specifically. Um, we created it last year and it's slowly, slowly taking off with sort of directing people to it. When they come to us with a question that we can't answer, or even if we can answer it, we say, you know, how about you take this to the hub? So there is a, there's a very, very sympathetic community because of the fact that the Freeform sector has begun and been driven by people's needs to eat food that will otherwise kill them. Um, it's a very, very warm, very empathic community, and there's a lot of support. It's obviously healthy competition, but there's a lot of support. So if you, if you enter the awards, you automatically get all of that. Um, and we also, you know, we have relationships with all of our entrants. Um, we really love them. We love it when they ask questions. We love it when they grumble at us about sort of some sort of thing they don't think is right. Or, you know, and we say, listen, and we invite a lot of our manufacturers onto to the judging panels um, to say, this, this is how we do it. You know, this is, this is what the feedback comes from. The, this is how it's run. You know, people think, oh, it's not blind. That's obviously a lie or not, not blind judging or, or whatever. And, and actually, no, it is blind judging. But we do have to show people the packages at the end. Um, and if, if a judge spots something which is like an illegal label, then we obviously have to take that into account. So it is blind judged, but we are responsible um, so yeah, it's 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 a community, I suppose, and it, it comes from. It's very heart led. Our organisation is totally heart led. We are all about listening and talking and sharing and trying to be as honest as possible, because because it is for people who are on free from diets, and it is. I mean, you know, we all eat food every day. It's not like a holiday awards where yeah. you know you can pick and choose. It's, it's food. not a luxury. It's a necessity. Fundamental. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I entirely agree. But also the fact that there are luxurious products is, again, testament yes. to, you know, the fact that this is this is real. People need luxuries as well. It's just because you can't have a certain ingredient doesn't mean you don't want to celebrate, you know. Yeah. On, on and, and drinks as well. I yeah. mean, the whole brief on drinks, we've, um, we've expanded our drinks category to, to incorporate three different categories. We've only ever had one before. Um, because it's it's growing and you know there are people who want to have a nice time whether with no alcohol or alcoholic drinks who need to know what what's in the product and if if someone is making it because obviously uh, you know allergen labeling on drinks is not compulsory so you know if, if you're sympathetic to the freedom community you're going to label that you make your whatever it is with nuts in or there may be a contamination from this that or the other and it is it's massively important because people want to have fun at christmas they want to buy nice luxurious products as you just said yeah um so it's it's that and so that is you know we always say lifestyle or free from actually it's the free from lifestyle as a whole that we're trying to support as well how what are the drinks categories you mentioned three what are they so we've got a gluten-free beer and cider yeah low and no alcohol yeah and we've got um wines functional drinks um cocktails mixers um, and that's so- that's really good yeah the 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 free from or the free from alcohol and low alcohol um, beer section, I think, is a really interesting. Well, not even just beer, but the the low alcohol and the zero point five percent alcohol um, area is grown so much, hasn't it? I mean, just yeah, this Christmas, massively. just looking at it, it's a huge, huge market there. Yeah, and also it's um, it's um, so there are people who need gluten free beer, and there are people who want low and low alcohol beer, um, but there are also people who want both. And so there's there's a massive crossover. I mean, it's really exciting. We were just talking about how we were going to judge these categories. 
um, a couple of days ago. And, you know, what angle do you go from? So, you know, if you make a gluten-free beer, but you're not massively interested in the gluten-free aspect, you're more interested in the fact that it's low-alcohol beer. So, you know, and how does it compare to a low-alcohol wine? Or, you know, or, so it's, you know, the nuances of, of judging these products are, are huge, and, and we're always evolving. We're always trying to adapt to feedback and question and, and what's out there, what's, you know, what's the demand from the market. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, so given that you have this sort of bird's eye view of the free from market, is there any product or any area that we, you would say is currently missing? Wow. Uh, no, because if I did, we would have created a category for it. <laughs> I know there can't be anything that's missing. Uh, that's really interesting. I was just wondering if there was like, you know, you said when the coconut yogurt came along, we were like, wow, suddenly we've got a free from dairy yogurt that tastes like yogurt, or at least has the right texture and et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. So the, um, if people are listening in and they've got a business that is free from, um, how would they find out more from you? Uh, well, hopefully they will have seen us on social media, but we are, we've got various handles, Free From Food Awards, FF Food Awards um, on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and um, LinkedIn. And we've also got a fantastic website, which we're constantly updating, which is www.freefromfoodawards.co.uk. Um, they can email me, uh, you know, if you go onto the website, you can email any member of the team and ask any questions. Um, just Google Free From Food Awards and you should get lots of resources. And you mentioned the Facebook hub. Is that something people can apply to to join once they've got a brand? Um, yes. Well, no, you don't have to have a brand. You just you have to answer three questions. I think it's that you have to be sort of interested in food or that you're not just going to come on there and um, talk about naughty things. You're going to actually sure. have a interest in it. But yeah, that's on Facebook. Um, and what's that called? Free From Food and Drink business hub i uh, can't remember what the handle is okay um, no worries we can check that out no problem at all um so what are the plans for the future of the awards i mean they've grown so much since 2008 there's um i'm sure a lot planned for the future what what sort of things do you have in in mind the christmas category was a success i'm hoping that's staying yes the christmas category is definitely staying Yay. and we're obviously going to be evolving that for um for launching the summer which is brilliant um we've just within the main awards um which we are just about to judge we also created an Easter category, which um, is fantastic. And the, the difference about this category is that we are judging it and then announcing the winners within a week. Wow, that's so, quick. Yeah, so on the 9th of February, um, we will be doing a Twitter live presentation, we hope, something along those lines, to tell everybody who's won. Because obviously Easter is coming up and manufacturers want to be able to shout about their wins and their, and their final listings and, and everything that's been said about them in the awards that's great. Um, so we've, and that has been a real bugbear for a lot of the Easter entrants um, that, they, that, they, that the presentations have been after Easter or three days before Easter so they can't you know, talk about their wins and things. Um, yeah, we, um, Easter's, I mean, Easter's great. Um, we're also looking at resurrecting the Eating Out Awards which we put to sleep about three years ago um, and um, we're going to try to do that sometime in the future. Oh, that would be amazing. That's really helpful, isn't it? When people want to actually go to a restaurant, they need to know that it's going to be a safe place for them to eat. Having had people go and check them out is, I mean, it's just brilliant. And obviously I, as someone that's done that, I've very much enjoyed that experience. So yeah. it'd be good to have that back. Um, great. Well, on to our quick fire questions. So um, tell me if you were having your last meal, your death row meal, what would it be? 
Um, okay, so it'd be rice with toasted seeds, soya sauce, gluten free, obviously, and peas. And if I was allowed a bit of um, animal flesh, it would probably be a bit of um, roasted duck. Wow! Yes, very Asian. Any pudding? No, no, no pudding. I'm more of a saver of cheese, probably. Yeah, yeah. If you cheese. could, <laughs> given it's your last last go, yeah. you may just allow yourself that. Um, what about your? Who is your favourite chef? Um, this is really difficult. I mean, I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of any. I just don't know chefs. So no. I can't. Probably my brother. He's an amazing chef. Amazing chef. That's wonderful. So not that he does it for a living, but that he just cooks brilliantly. Well, he rears his own sheep, and um, the last couple of weeks we've been over a couple of times, and he's marinated lamb and then roasted it on the barbecue, and it is just that's all that's all it is. That's it. Just just meat that's been raised. That is that, that's the simplest and often the best way, isn't it? Um, and what about your favourite restaurant? Oh gosh, I mean anywhere that they really take care of, are free from yeah. and tolerances really. So any it could be any of the chains or any of the sort of lovely little pubs or or, or independent restaurants. Is that something that you tend to advise that people um, are safer in chains, or once you've got your you know pub, your local pub sort of nailed and you're happy and you feel safe there, just keep going there? Or any advice that you could give people in that area? Oh gosh, I think don't 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 ever get messed around. I mean, the only thing I can say is because things change so much, and you know chains change their suppliers, or you know small restaurants can change their chefs. So I think just every time you go into a place to eat and you're not cooking for yourself just make sure that they really understand and if they don't then just leave yeah yeah if you're not comfortable then then don't stay um and what about your uh sort of fantasy dinner party if you were to have four guests who would they be and why okay so uh it's got to be einstein because he'll remind me how um how irrelevant everything is but in a relevant way and i love that i love knowing that we are just blips in the universe um <laughs> but how we sort of physically connect with each other um mary seacole um i'm just totally fascinated by how she did what she did when she did it um and i bet she'd be wild um will smith i saw him on a chat show recently he's very funny really honest disarming i just thought what a great what a lovely guy and um, another female from a long, long... I couldn't think of anyone. Like, sort of Boudicca. Maybe Boudicca. Yeah. I, guess. I think she, she is a redhead, so, um, so I'd go for Boudicca. She'd, she'd probably have a fight with Einstein or something like that. Brilliant. That's a brilliant mix. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fascinating, learning all about the Free From Food Awards. Thank you, Cressida. Um, I have learned lots. I've learned about the probably the most favourite product that's come through your uh, through your doors and out the other end, uh, the coconut yoghurt. Uh, the most popular product to come through, as in the most um, numerous, is the, the chocolate brownie. Um, I am so, so excited that, you know, the Christmas awards have come into being and are staying, that the Easter awards are going to be a new new set of awards from the free from food awards and that there's so much support is there anything you would like to share with our listeners whether they be people who have a free from need people that have a free from uh, live a free from lifestyle or whether they are manufacturers of food products is there anything you would like to say from the food from free from food awards perspective if you're a manufacturer, um, just remember the market out there is huge and growing for free from, um, and that there are resources. If you're hitting walls with regulations and things, there are resources. So, so drop in and, and contact us, and we can try and point you in the right direction. To the consumer, um, never stop asking for what you want. Um, I know that retailers do polls all the time on who wants what. We kept getting gravy granules entered into the awards, and I, I kept saying at one point, I just said, "Why gravy granules?" And they, and they all said they are hugely demanded. 
gluten-free, free from gravy granules are a massive, massive product. So they do, people do listen and that all comes back our way as well. And just never take no for an answer if you've got a food allergy and never be afraid to say, no, actually, it really matters. I can't just have a little bit of dairy and I can't just have a little bit of gluten. It's going to really, really hurt me or kill me. So, so stop, you know, don't, don't, don't stop talking about it loudly and don't stop being proud. Yeah, I think that's absolutely key. And certainly some of the uh, judges that you've had um, that have helped and, and worked alongside you, uh, we're talking about Ruth from What Allergy, we're talking about Natalie from Intolerant Gourmand, um, Tanya, who's uh, Natasha Ednan Laparousse's mother, and then now we've had Natasha's Law. These are all resources that I would recommend and I think you would recommend going and checking out um, whether you are somebody that has a food allergy or whether it's something that you would like to know more about. And certainly if you are a food manufacturer, thinking about going into the free from area and understanding, you know, how severe um, food allergies can be. I think those are good places to have a look. Um, Thank you very much, Krista. It's been absolutely fascinating. Uh, People that want to know more, please do go and check out the free from food awards. There's a website, there's all social media channels, including LinkedIn to go and check out. Um, And I look forward to working with you again i look forward to being on one of your judging panels again soon in the future you take care thank you jenny bye-bye Thames Valley. One more time. Across 